0: Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches.
1: Welcome to So Bad, It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
2: Play your part, Jones. My bitch a choosin' lover, never fuck without a rubber.
1: Never in the sheets like it on top of the cover. Money on the dresser, drive a compressor. Top-notch holes get the most, not the lesser. Trash like the fuck with for $40 in the club. Fucking up the game, Get your gets no love. Giving all that you got A time, sir, popper Pulling feelings off the lot I smashed up the gray one Bought me a red Every time we hit the parking lot We turn head Some hoes wanna choose But them bitches too scary Your bitch chose me You ain't a pimp You a fairy guys awake hi that was pretty intense right hey it's so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey what is going on you guys we are at thursday um remember (laughs) you do not have to listen to every one of these i can't believe i'm saying this i want you to listen to everyone but i know there is a lot of stuff coming at you but there i'm telling you these are all quality these are all quality interviews so you're gonna want to you're going to want to listen to them at some point. Um, somebody emailed or somebody messaged me today saying that they forgot to set their timer and fell asleep to me and forgot to like turn it. So like she had went through like five of my episodes overnight and I was like, that must have been the best sleep sh- she's ever had. Like, <laughs> it's just like I just imagine just people sleeping to me all the time. So congratulations to that person. You know, I want to be the most prolific podcaster out there. I could do this blindfolded ear folded i could do the standing on my head i am really i'm loving this part of my life right now the podcasting um so thank you guys for always uh listening allowing me to do this i was talking earlier this week uh you guys about like kind of acclimating again to society you know and seeing your friends again and i'm on day two of my diet i thought i was gonna die earlier but uh but all all is good all is well we are we are still gung-ho on the diet um, because my goal is like, I've always said, uh, to wear jeans again, You <laughs> know, to wear jeans should be our, did I talk about this the other day that, um, one of the listeners, uh, she, awesome girl, she put me in touch. Cause I was talking about male skims, mims, you know, which Kim Kardashian holler at me. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> she, she's told her friend, she goes, we don't have, um, male skims, but what we do have is torts. And then I read further and torts are towel shorts. And she's like, would you like a pair of torts? And I was like, is it free? And then, you know, and then I was like, of course, but towel shorts. Where were torts around earlier in the quarantine when I had completely just settled into my bedroom? I just would have been fully in torts the whole time. But now I'm getting a pair of torts sent to me, towel shorts. So what is that like? You're in the shower You're showering off and then you go, I'll put on a pair of torts and just walk around (laughs) torts. I I can't stop thinking about torts, though, for real. I'm like, I am so excited to get my pair of torts. So (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, I'm really excited. Like, it's no, like I said, it's no male skims, but torts is its own thing. Like, I feel like torts is I'm going to make torts the next big thing. Torts is going to be my legacy, you guys. I can't wait to show you pictures of me and my torts. Um, how are you guys? You, you hanging in? Oh, I wanted to tell you one more thing. So I told you, like I said, I'm getting acclimated again. I saw a couple friends that I have not seen in so long, and it was just kind of so weird. And then my buddy was like, hey, do you want to help me? Uh, He has like this soft play business, which soft play, I guess, is like a kid's company with like mats and balls for like five years uh, and younger, you know, and he does these uh, birthday parties for kids, you know, and it's like COVID safe and him and his wife, uh, who I've known for so long have this business that they started. And it's kind of kept them afloat, uh, especially during during COVID and stuff. So he had a shipment of, like, all this soft play stuff coming in from China. And he wanted me to go, like, you know, an hour and a half away to pick it up. And, um, you know, he said, he you know, like, hey. You? And I was like, yeah, you know what? That'll be good. I'll force myself to get out. You know, it's we're masked up. Everything's good. And it was, like, raining. It was, like, the first day it's rained in L.A. in so long. And we get there, and it's like this whole rigmarole. And then I'm, like, loading stuff into this truck. And then I'm just... It's just, like, the truck's getting full. We're trying to put it in, like, Tetris blocks. And then I realized I... I I could do it like I could do another year in my bedroom. You know, Like maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm rushing to like reform relationships that I should just like, you know what? It's okay, You know, would I rather move a truck or would I rather stay in my room? And I think the room is always going to win every, every time. I'm completely joking. That was my buddy, Patrick, who I went to college with. And he is like one of my BFFs. So it it was actually just great to see him. And I got to he, he they had a baby during quarantine, you guys. Uh, You know, so I talked about this the other day, too, I think, Um, you know, six months old about or something, and I got to see her again today. And she has the best smile, just the best smile. And actually, that reminded me of Real Moms of Bravo, who I don't know if you've heard yet. They were amazing. Sarah Heron from Us Weekly was amazing. BBF Bravo. Candice was amazing. We've had a week of amazing interviews. But today, you guys, today is someone very special to me. And I'm not even, this is not being facetious in any way. We have one of my favorite writers, Nomi Fry from The New Yorker, uh, as seen on Instagram and as seen on Twitter, famous on both. Um, She really is honestly one of my, I love the way she looks at the world. I love the way she looks at pop culture. And I will tell a little bit more about how I reached out to her uh, in a sec, because I want to first, but I'm just so excited to have her. But first, I want to go over uh, some more uh, day and pop culture like I did yesterday. And I I was such an idiot. I went to bed and I was like, I should have named that segment. And then I was like, what? And then I was like, of course, the name was already there. All these articles are usually from the Daily Mail. So we're going to go back to calling it the Bailey Mail. Do you see what I did? See, my last name is Bailey. And then it kind of runs with daily. So, you know, Okay, I just wanted to make sure you were impressed as I was when I thought of it. Um, Okay, so here's some really... Let's go over the day in pop culture. Okay, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, you guys... They have that creepy Hidden Hills mansion that Kanye didn't let her put any furniture out. And it looked like kind of like a Adobe stucco Star Wars kind of hut inside and just very bare. And it looked like the setting of a horror film. Well, guess what, folks? Kim Kardashian gets to keep that house. And she says it is best for the kids. But I don't know, man. I I mean, I feel like that house should have been one of the first things that, you know, Kim would let go you know like I mean like that mansion has always scared me there is a cover story of it in an architectural digest a couple of years ago and literally I couldn't sleep for a week it was so scary in there there was one time they showed you know you would see on keeping up with the Kardashians which actually you guys comes back March 18th I believe for its final season before they moved to Hulu but I I, I remember you would see flashes of it on the Kardashian show, and I would just be like, what the hell is going on? Like, I will not ever be famous because that is not a house I would ever choose to live in. Like, I want stuff around me. Like, I want bookcases. Obviously, we could get rid of my DVD DVD cases. But I want things. I mean, I know that's... I don't mean I'm, like, possession-hungry, but possessions do make me feel good. They sometimes bring a smile to my face. I'm not talking about big possessions, but I... You know, I'm I'm looking around my room right now. I have some Daft Punk action figures. I have a photo of my dad, a photo of my parents. I have a a Sutton mug from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I, you know, I I'm telling you, I have collectibles. That's all I'm saying. And Kanye would not let me keep any of those in the house. You know, he wouldn't. Like, there is no man cave at Kanye's house. It's just a cave, cave. And that's really scary. And then one time they showed North's bedroom and it like had toys, but it was like very interestingly placed. And I'm like, kids are supposed to go nuts and like be able to play everywhere. And like, he's like in some kind of creative journey where like less is more. And I appreciate that. But, you know, Kim was right. Like how we saw Kim raised. She was anything but um, artistic. (laughs) Yeah, like she liked stuff too. And so it always cracked me up that that's where Kim wound up was in like this bare mansion when, uh, I don't know, it's just funny. And then I would just love to see those conversations of her showing, uh, you know, Chris and Courtney and Chloe the house for the first time. And then, you know, they probably actually acted like they liked it because they're like, oh, my God, Kanye's artistic. Oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, they probably were like like try to convince themselves they liked it. They're like, I get this. I like this a lot. Yeah, I see what he's doing here. Yeah, but you know, deep down they were like, oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? Kim, oh my God, I miss the Frankenstein guy you were married to for 42 days. Um. So anyways, Kim gets to keep that house. I do think if the kids are, uh, you know, if the kids are digging that place, great, but it just, it always scared me, but it turns out I don't have to live there, so we're all good, let's see what else, this was actually, okay, so I've told you so much, and I've gotten so much, not flack, but a lot of people encouraging me to get into the Crown, and because I said, I just don't get the Royals, but I gotta tell you, this Meghan Markle, Harry interview with Oprah on Sunday on CBS, I am starting to like a few things about the Royals, because... Now all of a sudden, it's starting to get into my territory. Meghan Markle is saying that the royal family are is setting her up, is is like basically they're talking shit about me and putting out rumors that are not true. And I'm like, ding 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 ding, I'm in, I'm fully in on this. I love it. Who's spreading rumors? Let's get into this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then she took Harry away. Now, to me, it is getting fascinating. I just still my one holdout, you guys, help me deal with this. Why? This is basically she was like one of the actors on Suits, like we talked about on like TNT. And I don't know a lot of other royals that have been on TNT shows. Um, But how all of a sudden it's like she's treated like this, like kind of angel and like. I don't know. Like the press, I do hear is that there's half the press saying that she's an angel. Half the press say that she's manipulative. She's manipulating Harry. Like, what is the real answer, you guys? I'm catching up on all my Megan stuff. So, which way do we go? Do we love Megan, or are we? Do we believe the royal side? And if we if we believe Megan, do we have to hate the royals? Does that mean I don't have to watch the Crown if we hate the royals? There's so many. But I got to tell you, this hooked me in a little bit. Like if I guess the only other thing that could do it is if Megan was like, I love Counting Crows and Batman. And I'd be like, holy shit, I'm in. And Harry was like, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts with Ben Affleck for a coffee. And I'd be like, oh, my God, where have you guys been all my life? You know, (laughs) Uh, let's see what else. Chris Harrison, I think I mentioned this uh, yesterday. He is going to be appearing on ABC Good Morning, their Good Morning show. Um, He's doing another interview Um, It's going to be airing, I guess, Thursday morning. When you hear this, he is uh, doing a uh, video interview with Michael Strahan, um, and Michael Strahan's asking him the tough questions about why he defended Rachel Kirkenau in her photo, where she posted the antebellum plantation-themed party that she went to. Uh, Harrison says, it was a mistake. I made a mistake. I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake, and I own that. Okay, he owns that. That's good. Um, We'll see what else the interview says. The only thing is that he said he was going to take some time away to learn and to, you know, let things heal. And if I'm not mistaken, it's been like a week and a half. And usually I'm so I'm a dummy. So things take me at least three weeks to learn. So I'm, you know, a week and a half, I'd at least, Chris, do two weeks. It is funny how, like, they're trying to get him out there immediately. Like, just chill out, bro. Like, take some time to actually maybe kind of learn. And I know you want to get back out there, but I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. You guys, somebody is upset again. Alec Baldwin. Uh Uh-oh. Boo-hoo. He deletes his Twitter, you guys. Uh, he deleted his Twitter account after being skewered on social media for commenting on Gillian Anderson's switching accents just weeks after wife's hilarious scandal. <laughs> um, so I guess he tweeted he posted a link to a story about the reaction to Gillian Anderson's American accent. He added switching accents question mark that sounds dot 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 fascinating. And then, so he's trying to make a bigger point about his wife, Hilaria, or Hillary, as we like to call her in Boston. Um, so he did that thing. It was being all clever and cute. And he still is trying to justify all of this because I'm sure that helps him, you know, live a better life if he can fully believe that his wife was telling the truth this whole time about whatever But the response drew the ire of a number of online users who pointed out the differences between Anderson and his spouse, Hilaria. There is no way comparable to your wife pretending to be from Spain, one user wrote. Jillian Anderson is American. How did people not know that? She was born in Chicago and never pretended outside her acting to be British as Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. That was a role. You should know that. (laughs) So, Al... (laughs) One user said that Hilaria pretending to have a foreign accent in order to lay claim to a culture and life story that isn't hers just to exit ex- exoticize herself is not the same thing as Jillian Anderson reasonably speaking two different dialects of English due to her actual life story. Um, so I guess he just got bombarded to the point where he has deleted his Twitter account. So, folks, we did it. We won. Mission accomplished. We got him. We got him, folks. Um he is so stubborn, Alec. If you followed Alec in the press, you know, remember when he called his own daughter, I think like a pig and the voicemails were released. This is like God, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and I, that's her, his daughter, Ireland. I don't know if you remember that. But if you look it up, you can hear the voicemails. They're wild. Um, I just think it is interesting that he just can't move on. He wants to be right. Alec is always, this is why he gets into fights with so many paparazzi. This is why he won't, like, he'll get into fights with fans on Instagram and Twitter. He cannot leave well enough alone. And, like, everybody has their Achilles heel in pop culture. I mean, we all do in life anyways. But in pop culture, you always know there's that one thing. That if you push that button, they cannot walk away from because it truly eats at them. And that is like we all have that sickness. But it is fascinating that Alec Baldwin, he needs to be heard. He needs to be right. And it is going to, I don't think it's going to really cost him anything. But he's always caught up more in these situations than his actual work. Um You know, Alec Baldwin has had many ups and downs in his career, and he's kind of coming off the tail end of riding a big wave from, you know, being heralded as as playing Trump on Saturday Night Live for a bunch of years. Uh, But before that, he had a dip. Before that, he had 30 Rock, which was huge, won a lot of uh, Emmys, Um, which, by the way, I was just listening to the oral history of The Office. I don't read anymore. I listen to my books, and uh, it was fascinating. And they pointed out all the time Steve Carell should have won. And Alec Baldwin did win. Uh, The writing on 30 Rock was so top-notch, but uh, people were pointing out in the book that Alec Baldwin's part as Jack Donaghy on 30 Rock is a little bit, you know, when the writing is that sharp and there, like all he had to do was just ride the wave in a very brilliant, brilliant way. Like, he's one of my favorite parts of 30 Rock, but Steve Carell, they were arguing, kind of put this humanity in making uh, this... Uh, just cringe-worthy idiot, lovable, and had a big heart. And then you realize, you know, Michael Scott, at the end of the day, just wanted to be loved by everybody so much, which made him a complete uh, doofus. Um, and they always thought Steve Carell should have won. So I thought that was an interesting... An interesting take on things. But yeah, Alec Baldwin, he just, it goes up and down. Uh, you, it'll be curious to see where this, I bet he will be back on Twitter in the next seven days. So nobody out there be sad, okay? I don't want you guys to be sad at all. Um, uh, guess what? In the Scott Disick, um, Scott Disick uh, watch we need to talk about Scott again. And by the way, I talk with Nomi uh, about Scott and Amelia, and I loved getting her thoughts on this. But Scott has debuted a new kind of like pink mohawk. The guy is doing something different with his hair every day. He's kind of like, I don't know, what it, like Meghan McCain of South Beach. Um, ooh, that's a good one, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but he's doing something different. And the thing is, it's like it is fun to play with your hair. It is. I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. It was really, I would try to do like, I want to do a little curl like Superman or, you know, anyways. But the thing is, in a lot of these pictures, I think I'm bringing my own experience to this. I find them very sad because you see this guy desperately trying to be younger than he is. And it's like, we know, Scott, we know the life you've been through. We know you're a father, you know, you're, I think, a decent father. Um, And it's just like, it's okay, man. Like you can have regular hair and look can like remember when Scott went through his American Psycho, Breddy Sinelli's three piece suit phase. I like I, let's get back to the Lord like this guy where he's like trying to be, I don't know, like a member of odd future or some kind of like hip hop collective that he just looks awkwardly out of place. Like he really to me is starting to look like Jonah Hill, like but Jonah Hill can pull off Jonah Hill style. Scott Disick cannot pull off Jonah Hill style. You know, like it's it's to me, Jonah Hill's style is authentic. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, like he Jonah Hill has is kind of weirdly been known in the last couple of years, actually a style maven, his very own personal style. But Scott Disick just comes off like the glossy version of that, which comes off really fake. And the Mohawk just screams Travis Barker. But Travis Barker's Mohawk was always authentic. So it's like, there's like a single white female thing happening where Scott's like, I will become him. I will become him. Drum lessons start tomorrow. Like, I have no doubt, like the guy from um, Blink-182 that left the band, I bet Scott will stop, start taking pictures with him. He's like, do you want to start a band, man? It's just like me and Amelia will be there and you. Um. So anyways, I just, there's so many cries for help. And I just hope we, we get to him before it's too late. Because we all, at the end of the day, want Scott to be happy, right? Um, In Vanderpump Rules news, Sheena Shea had her baby shower. And it is the first time we have seen pictures with all the OGs except for Stassi from that cast. We had Ariana, Kristen Doty, Brittany Cartwright. Um, we had Charlie Burnett. Uh, yeah, like I said, no Stassi of Sheena, of course, it was really Oh, Katie Maloney, Katie Maloney, um, looking very the craft, almost and like kind of a a black ensemble. Um, But it was good. It was like, and I was I was so sad, because I was like, man, this would have been a half good episode of Vanderpump Rules. And we're just like we're just treat like it's just now a real life event. And also I talked to Nomi about a lot about Vanderpump Rules, so I can't wait for you to hear that as well. But anyway, so Sheena Shea, congratulations on your baby shower. I don't know if this is one of many baby showers, but we will see. And finally, you guys, finally, before we get to our interview, Hannah Burner, burn Dog, is engaged to comedian Des Bryant after eight months, count him eight months of dating. Now, congratulations is in order. We are very happy for Hannah. They, uh, People Magazine, uh, published their engagement photos. It is actually a photo that she had posted with Des. I believe around Valentine's Day, um, or that's when he did propose to her, was on Valentine's Day. But they air, like you know, they airbrushed the, the the ring out. So now were the real photos with the ring. She said yes. That's all amazing. If she is happy, he looks happy as all hell. I hear he is madly in love with her, which is just amazing. The the only the only kind of thing that's weird here is 8 months the timing, okay? So the timing of this is very odd because 8 months would put us before Summer House started filming. And we know, though, when she went into summer house, she was all crying about Luke and stuff like that. We know because Hannah was on my podcast in July and she hinted at dating somebody or she was in the mix with somebody. And we joked a lot about Luke on that podcast, but they went into that. And then Luke was on my podcast two weeks ago and said Hannah had a boyfriend going into the summer house. So. I'm really curious about what the hell is going on, and he looks fine. He looks happy, but if I if it was me, I'm so insecure. I would be so upset if I watched my girlfriend go in there and, like, cry over some other guy when he's there. Ugh. But anyways, congratulations, Hannah Burner. I'm excited to hear out hear more about this and all the things. And I do have news that Dez will be on this season of Summer House. So we will be meeting him and getting to know him more. But I, I know he is an Irish stand-up comedian. Okay, that is the Bailey Mail. Let's get on to the main event. Our next guest, Nomi Fry, is a writer for The New Yorker. Three years. Uh, but uh, aside from that, she is just one of the funniest, wittiest, soulful, poetic people that I have ever read, and, uh, and now have gotten to talk to um, her Twitter account is nonstop, um, just laughs. Um, but that even cheapens it. It's so much more than that. Her Instagram is great as well. Uh, there are so many phrases that I've picked up because of Nomi. There are so many um, little things in her articles that I will stop and think about or or uh, speak to people about. Uh, I just love the way she thinks. And, and she's a lover of reality shows as well. So asking her to do this, you know, of course you want to think, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's, I, I, I love that she respects reality shows as much as we do. Um, and it's also something that I can always hold up to my parents of like, look, here's somebody with actual taste that writes for the New Yorker that likes the same shows I do. So that's a huge thing. It was her birthday, uh, today I'm recording this on Wednesday. So happy birthday, Nomi, uh, you gave me the biggest gift. Uh, I reached out to her like a year and uh, a couple months ago when I started the podcast, because my therapist told me to like make a list of all like my heroes. And she was one of them is one of them. And uh, I know this just would, it will weird her out, but uh, she's just great. And she was so nice and said, yes. And then I said, okay, great. And then I didn't know what to do next. And so I just let that die for like five months. And then I was like, crap, I was supposed to ask more about scheduling. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's so, it's so tough. And I get so nervous about asking people. I like to do the podcast that I'll be like, once they say, yeah, I usually go, that's good. That's all I needed was a, yeah, that's, that feeds my soul. I don't even need to do the podcast at this point. (laughs) The fact that you will do it is all that I need. Um, but, uh, finally she was able to do it. And we, uh, originally we were going to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which we end up do, we end up talking about a lot, but we talk about Vanderpump rules, Scott Disick, what I think heaven's going to be like. Um, and you got to hear my intro to this. I just want you to know, I was so nervous this intro. I thought I knew what I was saying I've got to write down my intros now uh, better because I wanted to give like a really good intro and I usually am fine with my intros and I just I, I tank it at some point. I mean, I think it's still fine, but I was so nervous that I was like, I just started I couldn't, there were so many other things I wanted to tell this person, you know, but anyways, I am so happy that my friend Nomi Fry is on here. You guys are going to love her. Uh, Really a truly, uh, truly uh, amazing mind. So ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, Nomi Fry. (laughs) five four three two one ladies and gentlemen my next guest I I haven't been this excited for all of 2020. we're in 2021 now this has made it all worth it when I started this podcast my therapist told me to make a list of everybody that I like and this next guest I have liked for so long uh her writing um it, it is just so um poetic beautiful but also like pop culture and art it's all tied into it and it just like you know that kind of writing that makes you feel less alone because all the weird stuff that you liked she kind of likes too or she points out and and puts all of your thoughts in like this kind of i mean that's what writing does is actually make things uh better to the reader and she has made so much of my life better but i decided to take this brilliant mind and have her talk reality shows with me. Uh, she is a writer for The New Yorker for the last three years. Uh, she basically is my John Mayer. Uh, Nomi Fry welcome to the show.
2: Thank you Ryan. Now there's there's nowhere to go but down after an intro. Uh, well, yeah, this, this was,
1: this, I, this was it. This was actually, thank you so much. I just needed a minute. Yeah, That's all I, mean, I need. Right. She's,
2: right. Uh, Goodbye, everyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but for real, I mean, uh, I, I do want to read you something to start with, and I'm not going to tell you who wrote this. You might already be aware of this, but it, it, meant, I just want you to maybe guess. Um, okay. Okay. So this is says in life, we meet so many people. Some come, some go, uh, I have been lucky enough to have a lot of great men in my life that I can call brothers and that I would go to war for. This man is one of them. We have one of those friendships that are just easy. Our wives tell us every day how similar we are, and I couldn't agree more. I look up to you constantly. We call each other just about every day to vent about things and talk about our future. We don't judge each other. We don't argue, which is weird because we are both extremely hard-headed. You have taught me so much in the past five years about life and recently about becoming a father. You are one of the best fathers I have ever met, and your girls are becoming such beautiful little women because of that. If I am half the father you are, I will be forever grateful. You have taught me to be selfless and to always remember life is short. Sometimes that gets us in trouble. You are the most generous person I have ever met, not only to your friends, but to complete strangers, which I've witnessed firsthand. I am so proud of your recent accomplishments. I cherish our friendship every day and look forward to us growing old together love you man know me who is this and who oh my is god
2: this I this is on literally on the tip of my tongue like this is re- fairly recent fairly yeah
1: very recent very recent
2: what was it
1: it I is know it's something
2: like really weird it's like um <laughs> it's not gonna be what I say right now but it's like Ryan Phillippe and like Travis Birkenstocks or something like uh you know no like, it is uh,
1: much closer to the home it's much closer to the home the reality show home that we will be talking about
2: okay i think this
1: is a great entrance point
2: okay to the to what we'll be talking about so it's clearly two it's two fathers
1: it's, it's two <laughs> you would think it was who two are both fathers it's uh, somebody about to be he presents himself as a father but somebody okay. about to be Jax, a father
2: jacks and and, and Tom Schwartz?
1: Jax and Randall Emmett. This is Jax's (laughs) Instagram post to Randall Emmett two days ago. Yes. He has never written anything like this to Britney in his life. And this is, I mean, it just spilled out of the man.
2: I mean, he is, you know, as a man who took his father's ashes and to his wedding.
1: Yeah. And had a seat for it. It Had a front row seat for the, the box. The
2: ashes, the urn. Yeah. Yeah. He is clearly looking he's searching for a father figure yeah um and you know he might have just found it in randall
1: well you know i love that you take that actually just so serious way more serious than i am because in my mind i was just like wow he is really living inside of randall's butthole you know like he's really <laughs> he's really up there trying to just what make does sure he he th-
2: what do you want does he, does he want like a seat on the PJ? Like what, what's
1: well, the, he's now posting things. I, I know you don't keep up with Jax like I do, but, um, uh, he is posting things, uh, with the hashtag set life. And the rumor oh, is about
2: the movie Randall like
1: might Randall's- have made him a producer on a movie right now. No. And he posted a picture next to Ran- uh, next to Robert De Niro's uh, chair and goes, not a bad day of work. And he was wow. in overalls. Yeah. But
0: why
2: would Randall do that?
1: I I think Jax has some kind of information on Randall. I think I well I I have this weird theory that Randall has footage of all of their like gender reveals and stuff, and is pitching that as a show.
2: Oh, but that's just like like, so. There might be some like uh, business dealings behind the scenes that might come to fruition, and so everybody is being like extra. Well, nice to each other.
1: I mean, yeah, but I think Jax is even taking that a step further. If we know Jack, like if we know Jax's I psychology, Jax,
2: the thing, the thing with Jax is one of the many things with Jax.
1: Oh, please tell me the thing about Jax.
2: So the thing about Jax is, remember when there was that point? I don't think it was the last season. I think it was the season before that, where there was that like really like made trumped up arc where Jax suddenly announced that he wants to be a hockey commentator on a Tampa
1: No, he got well, he he no he got the social media PR job at a Tampa hockey team. <laughs> and so that was the season finale he was like, "Guys, I might be moving." And Sandoval and Schwartz were like, "Okay, dude." Yeah, yeah. they were like laughing at him cuz they knew it was made
2: up. But also, what I wanted to say about it. So it's this like totally random like relatively marginal thing it's not like oh my god I'm like I'm gonna get an Oscar or like I'm curing cancer it's like some random thing that then he talks about as if so remember when he said when Brittany was like what are you talking about and he's like <laughs> it's always been my, been my dream to be a hockey it's been my lifelong dream and she's like what are i've never heard this in my (laughs) life what are you talking about so it's the same thing with like okay he has this like whatever relationship with randall they're like buddies they're like maybe they have some business together and then out comes spilling this over the top like out of control you know i uh, like hyperbole, like this insane thing that's yeah. like way like overblown.
1: Yes. I mean, I think that's his whole life, though. Is that like yeah. it's like his whole life is fake it until you make it? Or, you know, I I teach actors all the time out here, and it's you'll see them post uh they'll really go off on the gram posting like at an audition, or if they get one line on a set, it's always right, set life. This is amazing, <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> Um, And I think Jax has really done that to great effect, but I feel like he's might be the overindulgence of romance with Randall might also be because he has been, you know, let go or have left the show. And maybe he's he's looking for the
2: next, he's looking for the next peg. He's looking for like the next thing. Yeah. And you know, I often think like right now with Vanderpump, it's really interesting to me to think about these guys. And I'm a little worried Like, I'm worried about some of them more than others.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know? But I'm like, okay, so what's next for the gang? You know?
1: They compare themselves to Friends, except that they always fail to realize that Friends were actual actors playing the (laughs) Friends. And so they think, you know, it's like, so, you know, David Schwimmer and those guys were able to like get more work. Lisa Kudrow did the comeback. But right. like for reality stars, it's very different where you don't just go to another reality. I mean, sometimes right. it'll, you know, I, I can't imagine Jax being on Siesta Key or something, but right. uh, we now have Maybe to take care you know of these You know what people. he
2: could be? Maybe he could be like the the last season of Siesta Key where like there was that like sudden weird producer who was like, age. yeah, he, yes. he was dating like, I mean, I shouldn't say yeah. he was. He's like my age, or something, or he's like a little older, but but he was dating like this 23 year old, uh, what's your name, Madison, yeah. And so maybe Jax could kind of st- like hitch his his hitch, hitch his uh, yeah, ride, uh, hitch his like wagon to yeah. the star <laughs> of like a much younger reality star. I mean
1: that. I mean, but then we, of course, have like to worry Scott about Brittany and, and the baby. Well, that's what I was just going to bring up. You had talked about. You had mentioned Scott and Amelia. I think on Twitter at some. I mean, we've all mentioned it because it's just the. It's really just buzzing around
2: town. One thing I want to say about them is, how long is this vacation lasting? It's been. I'm starting every to day think it's their
1: actual life because it doesn't um, seem yeah, like vacation. No, it
2: is because that's their life, right? And yeah, that's their business as well. But it's like insane. Every day, it's like the Daily Mail has like seven items about them like on the yacht or like out to dinner with like Jonathan, you know, Cheban, or like, or <laughs> whoever else. And it's just, you think, wow, the, this is, it's their life, which I know is not a, a bit, it's not a surprise. Like it's a very obvious point to make, but like, it's, you know, but it's insane. The thing that, you know,
1: it's like the hardest part of Scott's life potentially right now is like, which color he's going to dye the hair for I the know, next now day. It's,
2: today it was pink.
1: Yeah. And like Amelia already just went really viral with the hard nipple photo uh, on Sunday. And I really I mean, it's like I'm wearing hard nipple things where I I mean, it really is. And I'm an older man, but I, I really was influenced by that. But do you get. That one photo, though, and I hate to read into the gram, as you like to call it, but like, he just looks like he's like looking into the distance. Yeah. Like he doesn't really know.
2: He's like dead. Yeah.
1: And she looks completely. I mean, I don't want to say completely there, but completely like Goo Goo Gaga. I mean, he's besotted.
2: she's besotted with the older man. Um, but she also must know. I think it's probably, again, much like Randall and Jack's. I think it's a combination of some real feelings there, you know, and some yeah. real like engagement and infatuation perhaps. And also kind of like, obviously this is their business. So like, you know, they've both been getting attention for this. She's, so it's
1: all in a day's work. We're getting the clicks. It's all in a day's work. Yeah.
2: I mean, she's doing all of these like influencer types pawn things on her gram. I checked out her gram uh, a couple of days ago. I, I don't follow her. Maybe I should start following her. What if she starts
1: uh, uh, um, tweeting about you of like, me, Fry, follow me. It's time. (laughs) It is time to follow.
2: I mean, I always, I have to say, I don't know that much about those girls, but they seemed like in, on Beverly Hills when they were featured, they seemed like pretty sweet. Like they seem like sweet young girls, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, I don't know a lot about them except what the show presents in this. Sure. I mean, of course, of course. You know, she she you know had a hard time. They had a hard time She's with struggled. their fashion line. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, look like Lisa was doing a lot of the work, and she had a hard time finding the right apartment. Uh, but finally found one. Yes, when, when they, Mauricio, the,
2: or or rather, I think it was Mauricio's Farrah. daughter. Yeah. Was it was it Farah? Was it Kyle's daughter? Yeah. And Mauricio's stepdaughter. Yeah. Um, helped.
1: Help put her, her in like where they had a 24 hour concierge service right. you know because she she had a lot of list of options didn't want to be on the first floor but didn't want to be on the third floor needed it like light cool um so a kitchen
2: island uh, what, marble, <laughs> marble kitchen yes, island.
1: whatever has happened in that apartment has worked wonders for her but i would love to have seen the blossoming of the romance between D- disick and amelia like how this does is that like my go dream. down
2: it's my dream
1: to see how that what works
2: yeah to see yeah. To see what's happening.
1: Do you ever think about this, like, in the terms of like, like, like? Well, I would love to see a night of one acts, you know, potentially off Broadway, where you would see these things come to life, or yes. you know, like, or 100%. even like the the elevator ride between Beyonce, Jay Z, and Solange, the 100%. airplane it, ride. That's between, like
2: porn to me. I mean, yeah, that me would be like my porn. Like, yeah. Do
1: you ever like just sit there and fantasize about what happens in these moments? Like, it's like fan All fiction the almost. Time.
2: All the time. Like it's, 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 it's all I want is I want, I don't want to know things to tell anyone. Like I'm not, you know, my impulse isn't like, Oh, then I'll have great currency. You know, I'll have gossip that I can like tell other people or like sell or whatever people do with gossip uh, or even write about for me. In fact, which is why I should say I, I mean, of course I I can't, I don't know if this is, it reads as true if I say it about myself, but I think I'm a good, generally speaking, a good secret keeper because I don't, I'm actually afraid of like, I hate conflict
1: (laughs) in my own life. (laughs) I guess
2: I like watching conflict, like on reality television and so on, but um, I'm afraid that, you know, like a piece of information that I have will come between friends or like, you you know or like break up a couple. Yeah. I don't I don't even know the types of things that can happen with like bad information. So in fact, I keep things very like if someone asks me not to tell something, yeah. Uh, then I I pretty much don't. Tell it. <laughs> so and so well, and there so goes my next dream, question. And so my dream about these things is, is like it, not knowing these things in order to share them necessarily, but just to like know. Yeah, it's, it would scratch like this ear peering into the soul of man, you know, just like.
1: I don't know my thoughts on heaven per se, but there is a <laughs> part of me that like if heaven exists, I would love there to be like a heaven machine where you can like just go into a room. I mean, not like defending your life, Well, maybe a little bit, but like where you actually get to put like, let me know that like who killed a and they just tell you, you right. know, like or what happened this and they play it back for you. I mean, that would be one of the huge benefits of heaven is that like you would get to know all of the answers, you know? Right.
2: I wouldn't know, want to know about myself. Like no, I wouldn't, no,
1: no. wouldn't
2: want to know like, Oh, you know, like what people say when they talk shit about me or like if would crush me, if anyone like cheated on me or, you know, or like anyone like c- uh, kind of undermined me in any way or anything that has to do with, with my life. Um, I would rather remain in the dark, I guess. I mean, unless it like impinges on someone's safety or my own or whatever. But I mean, after the fact, I don't think I really want to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they always show that in movies where they're watching their own funeral and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just figure it they, like, wouldn't you, if you're watching your funeral in heaven, it's like, then heaven is not working properly. <laughs> like there's no reason you should want to be watching people <laughs> suffering because of you. And it makes me yeah. like really upset to think about like, I would not, I would not choose that you, you would do so many better things in heaven than that. Um,
2: like learn yeah. about how Disick and, uh, and yes, exactly. That's
1: to be, or just, I mean, I don't know. So it the, 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 the celebrity pop culture pull, just like, it it is, I romanticize it on a daily basis. I imagine it. And like, you know, sometimes it lets me down when I actually find out the true story behind things, I would rather live in a blind gossip kind of world <laughs> where you get to just like, cool. Like when you learn the truth, sometimes it's, it's, it is not great. You know, it's like kind of boring sometimes.
2: And it can also be pretty dark.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. But sometimes I, I sometimes I can dig darkness in that form rather than darkness right. in my own life. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Do you think Vanderpump Rules should continue? Do you think it has a possibility of I don't of see continuing? how it
2: could. I mean, I, I if. I feel like it could continue if. They found. Some really amazing cast members. But like, actually
1: have relationships with each other. They
2: have relationships. I know it's like hard. It's hard at this point, right? Because people, as often happens, know what they're up against, you know, as, as often happens when you try to bring in new people into an established franchise. Yeah. Um, so it would be hard to recapture the magic of the first few seasons of Vanderpump, which is really yeah. a perfect, was like a perfect television show yeah they
1: didn't even have to try it was just it was there. just
2: right there like I mean just imagine having the situation ready-made probably not knowing it coming in when you were casting of like having Kristen having her like sleep with Jax behind Stasi's back
1: during the movie drive
2: during the movie drive um cheating on Tom you know cheating on Stasi. Um, and then keeping it a secret, like, all throughout, until, <laughs> um, like, the end of the second season, it's, like, just incredible, like, yeah. fireworks, fireworks. You, could, you and couldn't completely write things natural, like that. Yeah. Completely natural. So that doesn't, you know, and obviously people, obviously that sort of thing does happen, but to have it kind of organically on a show revealed kind of in real time is, I don't know, felt pretty rare and magical
1: and and it almost you appreciate it even more now that it's gone in that when you exactly. go back and you're like we had it all at one point uh but then you see things like uh I know you've tweeted about uh selling sunset before and yes. selling sunset is completely you know it's glossy yeah. uh, soulless I mean I can't get enough of it I I love it but <laughs> <laughs> completely different way i mean like watching romaine learn to speak english has just been what, what a journey um but it, it's completely different watchable in a different way yeah but it, you have to recognize it's a different enjoyment
2: yeah it's a different enjoyment i mean vanderpump in the beginning was like verite i mean it was really it's these people like i mean they're like apart, <laughs> they their shitty apartments.
1: it's uh, the Do- dogma 95 or whatever that it was thing, dogma
2: yeah. 95 they were like really you know yearning to become stars nobody knew who they were like the just everything about it was amazing so yeah so i don't think we can ever have that but we could probably have if we had like some really strong like okay for instance so we are gonna talk about salt lake city right yes yeah so salt lake city is an example Thanks for going me back thank you Is it? No, but it's just a good example of like, obviously it's a housewives franchise. We've seen this, we've seen them, you know, for like, it's going to be like 20 years soon or something insane. You know, it's going to, it's like, whatever, 17 years we've had. Part of
1: the culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So,
2: so everybody knows, everybody who comes on that show, like knows what's going to happen, you know, but I think one of the reasons that it was like, so good is that they were just able to really cast really good people you know yeah explosive explosive relationships people willing to go there the good and the bad you know like people like willing to bear it all like mostly i mean i'm talking (laughs) about meredith but you know like (laughs) in in the service of like the show so this isn't a good example of like a a a show that people know what's expected of them. And yet they were able to capture seemingly authentic interactions and, and, and kind of processes, you know, just because they cast really well. I mean, yeah. what I mean, insane characters, great characters.
1: So, well, cause these shows are relationships, right?
2: Yeah. It's relationships. So mm, I would say, and like power differentials and stuff. So I would say if they were able, like, say they start fresh, say we have, we have the Toms as kind Tom of Tom. like in the, in the Lisa role, say, right. So we yeah. don't see their drama that much. We have like, you know, pregnancy, you know, like we, we have their, they've gone on to the next chapter. So they're like the parents in like a teen show kind of.
1: Yeah. The Jim Eckhouse and Cindy, yeah.
2: Which they, right, the, the Jim and Cindy. So they have started, they started to do it with this season when they brought on, you know. All Dana, these, and Dana and Dana and Brad yeah. And, but it just wasn't, it was kind of halfway, I think. Like some, they still tried to have Sheena like sleep with Brett and you know they
1: (laughs) do you think an email goes out like who's willing to sleep with new people in this like is anybody still willing
2: (laughs) yeah so now that's done you know because they're like pregnant you know the the old most of the older guard is like pregnant and all that but if so if they start fresh with like maybe the older crew as potential like guests you know are kind of like hovering in the background and they have like a good tight crew you know of like people who are already working but not necessarily being filmed like say say they just you know have like the people working at like a vanderpump place maybe like the new you know they do an expansion on tom, tom, tom or whatever yeah. it is they were talking about before the pandemic And then they just hire people and then they come in with the cameras like they don't cast. Yeah, They let
1: the relationships happen before any pressure of like cameras are on them.
2: Right. So maybe that could work. Obviously, that's like, you know, that takes time. And yeah, like no you'd have to destroy chance. it to
1: build it back up. And there's no, like, I mean, money doesn't really have patience. And like, Bravo's exactly. not like, let's do the best for this show, you know? Like, I mean, I'm thinking, exactly. of, you know, like, exactly. but, I, mean, I worry about Peter. But other than that, I think they could, you know, spend the time. Peter, uh- you know,
2: Peter, interestingly, has had this parental role the whole time. So Peter would be an example of someone who, of what the old guard can become sidelines you know sometimes like having a little bit you know they st- tried to make peter into something else early on remember when they just yeah, said a wood veil couldn't,
1: couldn't carry it yeah
2: didn't work let's just have him as a dad you know who has like various like weird relationships <laughs> in the background maybe but it's not the the core of the drama and the core of the drama is like the young sluts and studs you know who are like yes now I mean, working they- working the, the, the tables <laughs>
1: Vanderpump rules sluts and studs like they should rebrand but, well I was like I was like the only thing if they want to rush into filming like you're gonna to have to have like Sheena deliver in the Sir Alley way to like really like could you imagine like that would actually be a way to really get people excited again you know
2: I really want um Lala to join Beverly Hills
1: See that I would actually cuz she's she angers me in Vanderpump rules now but if you switched her over to Beverly Hills it's perfect. It really would fit so much and I would yeah. love her I lo- would love her attitude, her clothing. Mm-hmm. Her clothing really stood out to me in this last season of like come on, we know you have money but like all the other it's it, right. it's so garish and stands out and she's yeah. It just didn't fit anymore. But yeah, I mean, I really wish Bravo would. And I I think we might getting that with the rumored like winter house that they're doing. And uh, oh, yeah. So what
2: what have we heard about this so far?
1: Well, Nomi, what we've heard is that, um, <laughs> okay, so Summer House is a direct, like, you know, spinoff Winter House, but it's going to be like a Big Brother type thing. It's going to be Craig and Austin from Southern Charm. Okay. We've got Luke and Sierra from Summer House plus wow. Kyle and Amanda. No word on Carl. I'm, heard- I'm hearing a possible possible Madison coming in at some point. Wow. There will also be new characters and that I? we... What's that? Hey, yeah, right. And-, and, of course, j Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um there will be new characters that we have not met yet with intermixed with the bravo lebs Mm -hmm. and so uh what i'm hearing is like it's kind of like a big brother style thing instead of
2: okay so they're extending the sort of the idea they're 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 kind of like doubling down on the idea of like summer house quarantine yeah 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 which i'm watching now i'm a little behind i'm only like two uh, episodes in forget okay
1: me. So you got two more and you don't yeah, yeah. no uh, you're you're just about to see like Luke and Hannah like kind of like Luke Hannah Sierra like the love triangle that nobody you know whatever like so right. but but at the same time summerhouse to me, uh, I don't know you know you've talked about quarantine comforts before to me it's like a, a bomb you know for my soul where I, I just it. even like the boxes and I like to see them working and I love when they put times where it's like 247 right, right. like when you know like I,
2: forward. Yeah, yeah like I love yeah. that it's like, it's like
1: specific like and then Carl started making his bed so I started making my bed oh and, that's great well like it's very yeah. uh, aspirational now Carl's life for me but um these are all like kind of comforting, but I do you ever think about like watching the other media landscape with Netflix, getting in the game, uh, TLC, just like exploding this 90 day universe, which they're calling it now. Um, that Bravo kind of like, we, we were had a huge hands in creating this and they kind of like not shit the bed, but like waited too long to like get in the game of doing these spinoff shows where like 90 day fiance, if you, you know, fart in a bucket, they'll do a series about it, you know? (laughs) Like, do you ever like, like, see that, like, you're like, Bravo, you got to get your, get in the game here.
2: Right. I mean, Bravo does have, you don't, you don't want to cheapen the brand though, which sounds funny because like I am
1: all about cheapening brand, (laughs) Like that's my brand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, but it's still, there is something not cheapening because obviously it often actually does look cheap and it's not like it's necessarily, Oh, they're
1: shooting with like GoPros, like, you know, like just Skype.
2: Right. So it doesn't look great, but I just mean it's consistent. The brand is pretty consistent and you want to retain that. Uh, you want to retain the same kind of
1: look and feel, Look,
2: the same kind of demographic, you know, obviously different for different cities or whatever the demographic is, but like, it's pretty constant and coherent. And I think, um, I think that's a that's a good thing that they yeah. have like the bravo look and you know yeah. tone and all of that um and yeah but i i would love i wouldn't mind like but the question is do we really need like like for instance when they tried to do the britney and jack's kentucky kentucky theater yeah. yeah
1: yeah i didn't <laughs> kentucky i Fever didn't was.
2: watch that because that seemed like a cheap, like, I understand it's like, there's, there's like a property and they want to expand it, but is it always necessary?
1: You're right. That was not necessary. And you always know when Bravo does a half hour show, you have to worry, you know, watch what happens right. live totally works for me. I really actually love that show. Yeah. But when you do half hour, it's like, um, you know, Kim Zolziak Beerman and Troy, right. Right. you know, that's the, a half hour on show. On
2: the caravan. The, yeah. The, they did, the, they
1: did a tour on the bus and on the bus. I I watched the whole thing. It was I I was completely useless. I mean, what was I? I mean, I had to stay in my room for a year. But like. I don't know. Sometimes I just get worried because I get pretty, very protective of Bravo in particular. So I'm like, when I That's see like I mean. 90 day doing twice the ratings for like people that are like, it's like barely f- like, it's like filmed. Like I said, with Skype, I yeah. get really frustrated because I want Bravo to compete when I'm like, we have a better aesthetic. We have a better and look. And
2: like then it's we No, but it's true. I feel, mean, I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel similar. Single like white me. female. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's, yeah. um, Yeah, so I don't know. I just worry about that in that sense. I could talk to you about this stuff all day, but I do want to talk about Salt Lake. You did say, so this is a first season Housewives show. And for me in particular, I thought they knocked it out of the park. I've heard a lot of
2: fantastic.
1: Okay, good. Like that's what I was I was you, you know, I think there were so many moments, even within the first couple of episodes, where I was like, You you just made the season worth it already. Yes. Do you think we expect too much from our Housewives shows now? Because I would read on Twitter of like, it's not for me. This isn't doing it.
2: Yes. Some people didn't like it. Like my friend Brett, who is uh, a big, big Bravo person. And we like talk about it all the time. And, you know, um, he said that he thought it started really strong and he thought the reunions were excellent. But he said in the in sort of the middle, it sagged. I don't really agree. I thought it was great throughout, like the Vegas trip. I mean, absolutely excellent. The media and the Vegas, or whatever she was, the hypnotist. Yeah. Yes. Remember when she hypnotized them and it was essentially like, close your eyes. You're feeling calm. Okay. <laughs> like, well, let's, yes, I mean, let's delve in. <laughs> I mean, those <laughs> kind of
1: character archetypes of like, you know, it harkens <laughs> back to the dinner party from Beverly Hills with the, Incredible. you know.
2: Yes. I love that about Beverly. me. I I can tell you when you're gonna die. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I mean, I was I
1: was hitting so many buttons and still feeling, it still felt like it was its own uh, entity. You know, it didn't feel like it was just a carbon copy because no, it was totally
2: because there were certain things that you really can't fake. Like okay, Jen Shaw, for instance, okay. The fact that she is like in a Pavlovian way really triggered. It's like a dog who doesn't, who got bit by a mouse one time. And then he sees a mouse and he like goes insane. Yeah. So, or, or like, you know, a bull with a red it's, it's like, she couldn't, it could not be helped that when she heard the name Mary, she was driven to violence. Like, yeah. she just couldn't stop. And it was so real. Like, you could see. And in a way, I mean, she was, like, insane. Something is, like, I don't know. Something Wrong. is off. But yeah. but I could understand it. You know how it is when, like, you have, like, a friend and they have a friend and you don't <laughs> like that friend. And then they're, like, oh, I I went to the movies yesterday. And you're, like, with who? And they're, like, oh, with Mary M. Cosby. <laughs> And you go like, oh. So even you you might not like shatter a glass, but when you hear the name- <laughs> Yes, yes. You just can't stand it. You're like, how can you like this horrible person? And it eats at
1: you. It, it eats, eats at,
2: you. at you. And so the difference between most people and Jen Shah is that she just like is literally driven to actual violence when she hears that name. And it just can't be faked.
1: Wasn't it fascinating though to see in the reunions- Almost a not me a culpa, but like a Jen having to it was bow down to to realizing the spot she was in of like, wow, I've really turned a lot of people against me, and I want to be on this show, having to kind of you know hold out a hand and say, I'm I'm sorry, Mary Cosby. Yeah, you know, and Mary, you know, I don't know if graciously she apologized as well, but right. she accepted that. But wasn't that a really weird turn for having such yeah. an angry? Do you think it I has mean, anything you know
2: it's interesting it was like Stasi season 4 I believe what what was the season where oh, she when she
1: came back, back. Yeah. Uh, she was gone three three or
2: four I think it so was
1: 4 Or yeah they went when she with the Katie and uh Kristen
2: Yes and after like she left and was with Patrick in New York Catholic, <laughs> yeah. The devil spawn, like the worst <laughs> person on earth. I mean,
1: and also who tells Lisa Vanderpump she has a nice ass when you <laughs> <meet> <laughs> somebody like- for the first time, like I don't like, I'm not like a, I mean, I just figured like, you know, not to do that. And especially with. No, I mean, him something,
2: something was wrong with him, Yeah, he literally a sociopath, like something you could see it in his eyes that he had like some crazy manipulative game, but the ends of which were not clear. Like, I don't know why, but you could just see that something was off
1: how do we all see it but she doesn't or just women like bad boys
2: yeah he fucked with her head i guess Yeah, i mean he was like a yeah he was he he, he it was like the game he yeah. gaslit her as they say but <laughs> yeah. it, it it so when she came back and you could see she was like devastated the relationship with patrick didn't work out you know she was on the outs with Kristen and katie she had gained some weight because she probably like, you know, quit Adderall or something and was like, you know, hard. Hard. but she felt like you could see that she felt like reduced because of it and insecure. And so that was like, and she had to bow, bow down like the entire season. So that was a little bit like the Jen Shah thing. Yeah. Although Jen Sha came back like that lasted all of like 20 minutes
1: the last part of the before third she
2: like went nuts with like the white privilege uh thing um which was which was really interesting because i thought actually the way the other women it's it's interesting because you see i mean probably this wouldn't have happened in like oc or something you know but it but uh, that i felt like the when other women were smart enough and knowledgeable enough about the general discourse in culture right now to say, we understand there's white privilege. You know what I mean? To say yeah, like, yeah, I mean, know what was you're like, talking about. Yeah. Like, this is a real thing. Like, we're not discounting the fact that there's racism and that as uh, you know, as uh, a brown woman, you have had to like you know contend with things we didn't have to contend to. That said, you threatened my life. Yeah, so true. like, you know, there's you know, there's just I mean like and threat like uh, when he
1: goes, <laughs> you said you were going to kill me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you see that thing like um on Watch What Happens? Like, was it the woman who used to be on SNL, Vanessa
1: Oh my god, yes, Vanessa Bayer doing and the Vanessa two Vanessa Bayer when she did with like, me
2: and um, yeah. I've
1: <laughs> tequila. Would never do that. Oh yeah,
2: and Lisa, <laughs> and Lisa Barlow. Um, <laughs> so good. It was really good. Both of both voices were really good. Yes, with like she Whitney was, and Lisa.
1: <laughs> I love when Andy's happy too. Like Andy. Oh my had like, god, it was makes like gleeful. Me so
2: happy when, when he was happy. He was like yes, yes.
1: <laughs> well, isn't it nice in the reunions where you like you could tell Andy was in it? Because sometimes with these reunions now, when he's doing it for so long, it's like. You know, Elton John playing like Rocket Man. Like it's right. like he's like I yeah. just going through the motions, and sometimes yeah. things will like now kind of slip through a little bit, and you know. But this, he was awake. He, he was, was alert. He was awake.
2: He was really so yeah. Good. He was into it, and he asked he asked the important questions. What was one thing that I was really impressed with when he was talking to when he was talking to Mary? Actually, when he was asking her about the church. And the whole thing about how she said her parishioners were like um they were cheap and stingy.
1: Yeah, it? well, because she she didn't get enough birthday cards from her parishioners and so there's audio, leaked audio.
2: Insane. Yeah, she we we I don't
1: is... wanna <laughs> she redeemed herself. Well Well, that's what I was going to ask you too, is like the second reunion we've we've seen something that they've never done before, which I found make it fascinating, was that they used it as an actual episode to give a backstory to an entire character that we weren't able to see really flourish throughout the season, like Mary Cosby.
2: Right, right. A good
1: half of it was all Mary Cosby answering allegations like the church, her money, her marriage. And we've never really seen that.
2: I know. No, it's, she was, the thing is, that's another like, amazing casting because she is so I don't know if it's guileless or like what is exactly the adjective that I would use but the way she is just you know when they're like when Andy was like "Are was there anything or maybe it was like a, a viewer question like are there receipts to the fact that your grandmother everything is propped up on the thing that her grandmother said you should marry Robert senior, right? Yes. Yeah. So then it comes to, to the fact that it's like, are there any receipts? And there's, she's like, no, there's no receipts. Yes. It's <laughs> like, and she just like answers. It's just like, so amazing that she's just like, the things she says are so out of control. Like the thing about the black youth loitering in front of a seven, seven 11. Yeah. Which is so insane to say. And she just, is just like,
1: there's no overexplaining. I mean, She's she not.
2: Like, I like Robert Senior because he's 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 not black. <laughs> he's like he's black, but he's not black. Like the things she says are just like it's insane.
1: And and what's with... I it's like uh, with uh, you know Heather like you know Je- uh, Mary Cosby won't overexplain it. She won't, she'll let it lie. She'll be like she'll let And it that's lie. yeah, and that's like a really interesting thing because most of us will like try to over-talk the explanation, and she yeah. just and and everybody's but that's what makes her a successful housewives character. I'm shocked. She's back for the second season. Like I truly am because I thought there's going to be legalities. You know, we see what happens with Erica Jane and stuff. And like you guys, when she was like flaunting her houses and lost count and like, I'm like, that will show up in court one day. (laughs) Like they can use this footage. Yeah. And uh, she's back, which like shocked me. But the 22, like we also found out in this last reunion with Robert senior, that he was 22 years old when When he he married mama. That's what I so I want a detailed timeline, like almost like a history of the Mormons, where it's like where because I was trying to be like, okay, 22. Like it's like it, it becomes even darker where it's like, okay, so he was a young man. How old was Mary's mom at that time?
2: Probably about his age.
1: Right? So or
2: something. And then, but I love
1: that, like, that was another thing. It was like Andy said, which which was a great push was like, well, why didn't Robert senior marry your mother? Cause that would have been probably more. And, and she was just like, well, that's uh, she just didn't want that. That was not what she wanted. And, and I, you know, and it was just, but no real explanation. Uh, Robert senior said it had nothing to do with the money, Um, uh, but also gave Mary then. But then also there was like this, Oddly I I hate that we're normalizing this but I almost started to get like oddly I was like oh that's so sweet when he said like you know she's my co-pastor even though that's not uh you know we're not allowed to we're, we're not supposed to say that she's a first lady but really she's my equal she's a co-pastor and he said yeah. well, you know which is not right to say but she is she's just an amazing amazing lady and I was like that's really sweet to say you know
2: I know but it also comes on the heels of their relationship like seeming totally bonkers and yeah. her constantly saying, basically, I hate him. I mean, not I hate like, but the, we have no connection. Yeah. It was like I drifted into motherhood and we're still married, but like there's no engagement really no sex for the last yeah. couple of
1: years, supposedly. Yeah. You know, I mean, what did you think the season when she introduced us to Charlinda, her housekeeper? Oh but my then god, we that was to find out Charlinda is her uh related yeah. to her and that said, was She's not my friend.
2: Yeah. No, that was insane when, and and Andy as well in the reunion was like, wait, she's your aunt <laughs> or like whatever it, it was. It, it was like, and she cleans <laughs> your house. And she was like, yeah, I, she, she takes we, care we, of me and I take care of her. Yes. And her mom cleans
1: with her. So her grandma and her, like, so it's like, but then I love the, another thing that didn't explain is that wouldn't you like in a talking at interview, if somebody says, you know, like say, yeah, Sherlyn has been a great friend to me as well as a housekeeper, just to be nice. She's like, no, yeah. she's not my friend. No, no. And then He's like
2: oh, we- <laughs> she says, I remember it. When- <laughs> because I laughed. It was because it was so out of control. She said something like, yeah, I know she's been working for me for 20 years. I know nothing about her life. We never talk. And then she goes, and there, there's a pause. And then she goes, <laughs> At the end of the day, she's family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can't write dialogue like that. Yeah. It's... Like, you can't even teach somebody to act like that because it's yeah. such a choice. And yeah. there's no apology in it. Like, I'm full of apologies all the time. There's just nothing going I on Can in you there, imagine, you know Can you imagine, like,
2: having, like, your, like, next of kin, like, wax your, like, Chanel bags in, like, a uniform, <laughs> you know? Like, cleaning your shit, you know, as yeah. you like are completely like a, a multimillionaire and they're like cleaning on their hands and knees and they're like your aunt yeah, or whatever. <laughs>
1: I mean that's that's the dream that's the goal I mean we all want
2: that I mean let's not fool ourselves she's doing
1: something right obviously but um, I do I just want to but when you think about going into a second season I just love that that like I saw that Jen into Mary because I'm like Jen's got to be like maybe doing the long game here of like who actually will want to even film with me at this point Lisa Barlow what do you think of Lisa Uh, during the reunions we really get to see I think in my opinion where Heather is living you know as the internet says rent free in her head at this point. Do you agree?
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, over the course of the season, looking back and if I I can, I can check my tweets. I feel <laughs> like when I did at one point, I did power rankings Yeah, and I think Lisa was my least favorite. Like I could not stand her.
1: Thought she was a mean girl uh, I, on the show. Such
2: a mean girl. So stupid. Like I'm sure like smart in business or whatever. Like I'm sure she knows how to make money, but just such a like egomaniacal like uh, again apology less in like a different way than mary you know more like socially acceptable but just like narcissist you know just like like the kids are horrible i mean the kids aren't like well the kids are very
1: like the kids seem fine but it's like my parents didn't encourage me to do deodorant as a yeah the the kids
2: themselves are kids you know you can't blame them they're okay they're just kids but it's like, as a way to spend time with them, like you do the fresh wolf line. Fresh wolf? Is that yeah, that's it. I'm a fresh um, wolf
1: man myself, so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like, it's just so soulless and she's such an idiot. It's like, it was very painful to watch. Just so, you know what? Smug and self-congratulatory, which is, there's that's nothing it. worse.
1: Do you ever think that uh, we had they had the rare thing for a housewife show of like they they filmed a year ago and they actually got to watch it come out during quarantine and like kind of be exposed? You know, we saw them like fumble around on Twitter or, you know, Instagram and then got to see people's reactions. And I always think about Lisa is that she thought and also I find this is like Lisa, Meredith and Jen. I think Mm -hmm. Lisa and Meredith thought Jen was the star of the show because she was so loud yeah. and they, you can see them favoring Jen and even putting up with antics that most people wouldn't put up with immediately. Right. The show came out. And I think Lisa, especially that's where Heather and Whitney really, because Heather and Whitney started to be fan favorites. And I think it completely crushed Lisa's psyche.
2: Yeah. Because I think it's very interesting. I thought that was one of the most interesting things this season was Heather's you know her which I of course identified with uh her deep hurt that Jen Meredith and Lisa were like the cool girls for whatever reason I mean it like chills my blood to think that but you know like that's in the world of the show yeah in the world of Salt Lake City it has mm-hmm. to do with money I'm sure it has to do although Heather seems like fine money-wise but I just it has to do with some sort of like power rankings, like preconceived pow- power rankings, and just the fact that she was feeling that Jen was tossing her aside in order to be friends with like, I don't know, the slim brunettes or something, you know, who are just Which is like, so
1: relatable. Like I, that I mean, like we all been there, you know,
2: totally. And who are just, you know, it, it even it doesn't even necessarily. It seems like they all have money, so it doesn't even feel like it's even that that much, it seems more that Meredith and Lisa are more easily self-regarding and smug and unapologetic. Whereas Heather always seems to feel like she has to apologize for herself, you know? So I was, I thought that was very, that was one of the main themes this season. And it was really interesting to see. And as you say, over the course of the season, it was like, oh, actually people like Heather you know and i think one of the things that will be kind of like a viewing goal of mine <laughs> in the second it's, season it's important to
1: set those yeah it's
2: yeah is is to see because you could kind of interestingly in the reunion see heather kind of still full of anger you know yeah um and but also kind of feeling herself a little bit more you know because of the season that had passed and the reactions to her from fans how will this play out in the second season? Will Heather get too big for her britches? Like, will we come to dislike Heather? Will it go to her head? You know,
1: yeah, that's what like the second season curse. I, I wonder about this with Leah McSweeney on New York as well. Interesting, you yeah. know, is because, uh, you know, when you're gassed up that much by the internet, mm-hmm. you know, it really and 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 I talked to, to Heather and she had said, um she was just, she didn't re- like, she thought everybody was going to hate her. She did not think yeah. any, like, so she was shocked. And then to be like, you know, you see that, especially in the third, where she makes a rare misstep, where she kind of brings up her divorce again, when Meredith and Lisa are having a moment between yeah. them and yes. Heather jumps in and go, what about my divorce? You said, and right. it was a really weird. And, but if you're not used to confidence, if you're not used to people caring it's going to be a clunky, it's going to be like a a hard landing. And that's what I think we see, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm wondering how that's going to play out in the second season because sometimes also there's the thing of like, you know, she is right. I'm sure in terms of like her own story of not knowing how to express herself, you know, feeling insecure, like having her voice kind of taken from her by the church, like her husband, all of that. And so then her goal, not unlike mine, it, it is, is like, okay, I'm going to find my voice. I'm finally going to yeah. like, and, but then what happens is when that gets kind of, as you say, gassed up by the internet, will it be too much? Like, will she go over to the other side of being like, kind of in her own ego and being like, I deserve this. I've been silent yeah. for way too long. And then it'll be like a shit show where suddenly she makes all these missteps and is like insane, you know, which is
1: kind of an interesting way that I've learned to watch Housewives, too. It's almost like an, uh, a pro wrestling, like a WWE, <laughs> where it's like, you know, well, Hulk Hogan used to be the hero and now he's the villain. Like, yeah. you can kind of like do those switcheroos. And like I walked away from these uh, from this entire three part reunion going, I'm I, I, I am. I am willing, I mean, I would watch anyways, but I'm really excited and willing to watch all of these ladies. Like even like, I don't love Lisa and Meredith, but I don't, but I I think they're essential with this group, you know? Yeah.
2: And also maybe I, I started feeling, as I said, I hated Meredith throughout the season because she was so smug and sure of herself and her voice and her manner just like.
1: It's like like out. Xanax like like weeded like it's like just it's, uh, so it's it's like she's always like just in a meditative state or I Wait, don't know what it we, is. Uh,
2: did I say Meredith? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant Lisa. I mean Meredith oh. is annoying.
1: Well, yeah, Meredith to me is just so like zoned out all the time. Yeah, yeah she's so zoned Lisa. Out.
2: Yeah. She, yeah. 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 I meant Lisa. Although Meredith has her own smugness, you know, she also, she does feel better than others. She thinks she's smarter. She thinks she's more refined. You know, she's all she's, she's inherited a,
1: Brooks smugness a little bit. Yeah.
2: Brooks. Oh my God. <laughs> Brooks. To know, to know Brooks, Mark's is still up. To know Brooks far. smugs is the land of opportunity in Canton, Ohio.
1: That's where we're going. Canton. Like I what's mean, that guy's Seth, deal? A, a
2: real I don't, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but something is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: what I was saying. Like there,
2: I was like, there's no, I know we're painting this as
1: a love story of their back together and they're, you know, we're but it's like, there's just no way that this is like, there's just no way this is working long-term.
2: There's no way it makes my, my blood like curdle curdle in my veins.
1: That's like, what like the caught, things yeah. that have
2: gone on in this marriage who can even know I she says multiple
1: to... times she said we've separated I know. multiple times i mean can
2: you imagine and he's just so he just reminds me maybe it's because you know they're jewish i'm from israel i'm Jew- he they just remind me of like here especially reminds me of like kids i grew up with or something like this sort of like he seems like a very familiar type like an annoying, like he constantly like pokes at you, you know, yeah. like he makes these jokes that aren't really funny that are meant to get under your skin. But then he's like, no, no, no. I'm just, I, I, I was just, I was just being funny. Like, why are you making such a big yeah. deal? Out of like this? you, you know?
1: won't let me see your phone. I'd let you see my phone. Yeah, Exactly. Come on. Like, let up. me see your phone. Yeah. It's exactly. like really prodding.
2: Ugh, prodding. Horrible man. <laughs>
1: Disgust. You know. she's spitting you guys you can't see it but she's spitting on the floor this is cool. <laughs> i mean
2: i don't know maybe i mean he, like who knows you know, you who know? Really well, he's help.
1: like kind of like a life coach do you know like he's like an inspirational mm. co- which by the way i didn't realize is canton ohio some big kind of spiritual like like is landing it? spot like well that's where his job is he's like i'm in the land of opportunity in canton Wait, ohio is he really
2: a life coach
1: i Somebody said that that was. I mean, somebody's somebody said, Well, I mean, he's always he's always posting inspirational phrases and stuff like that. I'm good. I, and I, a lot I of girls have in. slid I into his DMs. In. Well, I don't know if you really It might be upsetting for you at this time, but um uh no, it's just a weird relationship because they're both and also that to know Brooks Marks is to love Brooks Marks. I'm like, I feel like we've been presented Brooks Marks and I don't love Brooks Marks. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Brooks. Marks. I mean, I, but it's just, it's another thing. Like- I
0: dislike Brooks Marks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I know, but I mean, did you, where did you fall in that debate of uh, is it our right to criticize Brooks Marks or a uh, quote unquote child on a okay, housewife First show? of all,
2: Brooks Marks is of age. Okay. I will say this. Brooks Marks is 21 years old. Second, Brooks Marks has made himself a big part of the show. This is not a talking head. Got a talking head. Yes. This is not like Portia, like criticizing Portia Mansky or something, you know, or like whoever, you know, or like even a teenager. This is like a person. He quits school for the semester. He's a designer. He showed his design. He was benefiting from this. Clearly intentionally, which, you know, props to him, whatever. But he was a character like, and he got into business. He got in their business. He got in their business with the vagina thing.
1: I mean, yeah, he, I mean, also, I mean, I will always like, that's another thing that I would love to know is like, did him and his sister, Chloe, like, why, why did they go to Best Buy of all things? Remember when they left and they're like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to Best Buy at like 9 p.m. at night? I'm like, is Best Buy a club in Utah? Like, is it the, is it really the, <laughs> the electronic store? Like, cause it just didn't, cause like, wouldn't you love to see that? Like send a camera crew with them. I want to see them walk around Best Buy, you know, judging things at Best sort Buy. Sort of like
2: picking up things and putting them down. Yeah, like,
1: uh, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, he seemed very judgmental. Like he already seems like somebody, one of those guys that like, I can already tell wouldn't like me, you know, like he, I feel totally. Judged I mean, he would be screen.
2: my mortal enemy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't li- <laughs> listen. I wouldn't. He's a character. Yeah. He's, and he's not a child. He's very young, but he's also like a consenting adult, you know, at this point. Um,
1: well, I'm doing a four-part uh, spinoff podcast. I'm just shitting on Brooks Marks, you guys. So um, I know <laughs> now I, don't... I feel bad. No, no, no. no. I'll, I'll cut all of it. Uh, um, Naomi loves her. I know. I I know. I got to wrap it up here. But well, uh, Whitney and what is your opinion of Whitney overall? And I guess you can. I like Heather...
2: her. I like her. I was a little. The whole thing. It was. I think it. I did. I was wondering about her motives at Coach Shaw's birthday party.
1: Well, she just, yeah, like, why make the mistake of, like, I even know not to do that, but was she taking a bullet for production, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't know, because it was clearly everything, everything unraveled from there on, you know? This was, like, the moment. So I don't know if she was, like, talked into it, or if she wanted to make herself you know like a central character in that way or maybe she was she was just sort of drunk and was like i don't like that meredith and lisa are sort of getting off scot-free you know yeah and uh and me and heather are like left in the dust so jen should know that they're talking shit about her to mariam gosby
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I mean I really grew to like uh Whitney and, and I, I, like, I I
2: like Whitney I, and I ad- identified with like her journey, you know, with her dad. I really rooted for him. It was kind of it's kind of heartbreaking. The whole situation is heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, that was like really because we did see like and I'm like I, I got so like I, I know he probably was like, yeah, I'd love to be on TV. Let's do yeah. this, you know, and then couldn't like the fact that we all made fun of his hair and stuff. And it's like, man, like I could have told you that was going to happen. Like, I, I mean, know. it was. I, but, but at the same time, like the fact that we saw her try so hard and we've, you know, she told us she's tried so many years financially, I'm sure, she, I'm sure she
2: has, it's like a great burden to have, to, you know, to have a parent like that who keeps fucking up, you know, because of a disease, but it's, it's a burden for a child. And, to see uh, that on
1: national television, you know, amplify that. To see
2: that. I mean, she came out as the caring daughter from it. I think she really is. Um, and we all rooted for him to get it together i i don't know i hope he can yeah. get it together at some point it's a bad it's a bad disease it's i
1: love the um but like even it was very it was very i thought uplifting to see him go to the hair demonstration
2: i love that like, and I, like, I think I, I posted something about it and you commented he was yes. a rock star in there <laughs> well because he was like yeah. oh
1: you can do four ways you can do the side you can do the did. yeah yeah like he was like He was charming, all the ladies were laughing, and I was like, This guy knows his hair, you know. I think, yeah,
2: no, he's a professional.
1: Um, okay, so, uh, well, the the discourse on Salt Lake, I believe, will go on for years and years, and hopefully, we can talk another time about this. I just really wanted to quick ask about your writing because you did a a, a (laughs) Jurgen Teller um, uh, story today that just came out in the New Yorker, and he was the guy for w uh w magazine he's been getting a lot of press because it's just very um just celebrities out in the wild if you will um and getting a lot of heat for that
2: yes so he so i wrote this is for the new yorker website it just came out and um Jurgen teller you know uh uh, one of the top fashion photographers uh in the world and has been for like decades decades now yeah and um so, yeah, so it was, like, a portfolio of, like, the best performances, so-called uh, portfolio in W Magazine. It was shooting, like, I don't know, like, more than a dozen, I think, so, like, maybe 20 stars, yeah. including, like, Clooney and, like, Jared Leto and, um, you know, Lakeith Stanfield and um, Tessa Thompson and a bunch of other people, uh, and most of them were shot on the street in West Hollywood. A friend of mine, like, showed me, uh, my friend Chris showed me where it was, like, took pictures. It's near his work in West Hollywood, I guess. And um, it was just these people sort of like on the street, uh, very like, I mean, they were wearing like designer clothing and they had hair and makeup, but they were pretty raw looking. And a lot of Yeah. People like Riz Ahmed just,
1: said, it was like two clicks. Like it was in and out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was very snapshotty and people were like, my five-year-old could do this you know like (laughs) this is disrespectful like why are they shooting these stars like looking like that and it's just like I've always loved his work and I just thought it was very actually refreshing I mean who cares that you can I mean being a photographer is like the whole point of photography is that it is like a click like what are people expecting like obviously some photographers like shoot someone for like an hour or two hours or whatever I'm not saying but like I didn't say this in my piece, but like the thing that when photography was invented, people were like, oh, it's ruining painting, you know, like, yeah. it's, oh, oh, this is, so what's the artistry here? Like, if you could just do it with a click, like, but of course, like photography is, it's, it's more than the click. It's about like a point of view and, you know, and aesthetic and a, a kind of like a consistent way of looking at subjects and creating a body of work. And his, like Jürgen Teller's body of work is about uh, i mean it's about different things but it's also about like shooting people in a way that's like uh, kind of like sexy but like not idealized necessarily. You brought like you know? up a
1: Kanye West uh photo uh, earlier in the article.
2: Yeah, um I used to work at T magazine, the Time Style magazine and I guess it's almost 6 years ago now we were closing a story that had Kanye on the cover and Jurgen Teller was the photographer. And the photo was the photos again were very kind of like low key, unadorned. You know, there was there were some in the studio and some like outdoors. But like Kanye was very dressed down. You know, just in a t shirt and jeans and boots and like a, a one gold chain. And when we were we were closing the issue, I noticed that I was wearing like jeans and a black t shirt, like Kanye, and a gold chain. And so my friend took a photo of me in the in the magazine like copy room against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, to mimic because the, the static is kind of like snapshotty, right. which is what people yeah. were partly what people were angry about that it seemed like lazy, you know, and not like, you know, all done up and glossy, but that's, you know, that's the point of this but, photography. Well, I love that you say,
1: you say like, you know, isn't stardom, stardom in general is the ultimate form of privilege.
2: Yeah. And like what we're so worried funny. that we're worried that these uh, stars aren't getting like yeah, the,
0: like, like oh, getting no, the, the
2: like respect dead. that they're due relax. Yeah. Like, you know, and, uh, plus they, I think they look great. You know, I think it's like, you know, it's sexy and they're attractive. And- but I love,
1: I love your article. Cause you made me actually rethink my initial, like, you know, sometimes we just are so used to so much information coming at us oh, that sure. you do like real quick judgments and stuff. And I thought that was, it actually, uh, your article made me stop and kind of pause. I went back and looked at the photos, but, uh, and you, in the article, just like being a little bit ugly, uh, being a little bit ugly is cool. And I just thought that was like the coolest <laughs> way to end. I mean, that to me, it's like, I'm going to get that tattooed on me, you know?
2: I know. I mean, this is, it's funny because actually I, I tweeted that, but I tweeted it like maybe a week before these photos came out, just like not in relation to the photos. I just thought it in my head because that's what I, I don't know if it's what I like to tell myself or like an aesthetic I like try to cultivate or that attracts me to other people. And then when the the photos came out, I was like, Oh, okay. I was already talking about this. This is exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. Or that this is the kind of thing that I was thinking about when I was t- tweeting this like earlier in the week. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna put it in the piece because that's like that was kind of like what I was feeling about it without know without having known about this yeah, photos yeah, yeah. yet. I mean but I did, this like, kind I- of aesthetic. And also, you know, it's it's like my age. I grew up in the 90s. It's like this is the aesthetic that I've always liked and and yeah, and grew up on like yeah. I've been I've been looking at his photographs for like thirty years now, you know. So it's it's it was uh, a chance to talk about that, I guess, because you know uh, all the young kids they don't necessarily know, and you got to teach them. Got you got you to show <laughs> them the way. As, as you got to show says, the kids.
1: Yeah, teach them well and let them uh, lead the way. Lead but, the way exactly. Um, does that did, last thing? Does that happen a lot in writing, or like what what actually? do you have like spider sense on like what you write about, like what attracts you to a story or.
2: uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I suggest things, this, this was suggested to me and often now my editor who's great. um, You know, we follow each other on Twitter, on Instagram, and she sees stuff I post about sometimes, you know, and she's like, Oh, you should write about this. I mean, that's not the way she necessarily assigns me stories, but it could be a way of like, Oh, you're thinking about this thing that people are talking about. Maybe you can just write about it, you know. And in this case, um, this this was a case where I was sort of like thinking about it online, and she was like, "Oh, you should like develop this into a piece." But in but in general, like, if I have a spidey sense, yeah, I know what's interesting to me. I can't exactly define it, but it, it can be. Yeah, like similarly to this stuff I, I grew up on. I mean at reality television is always a thing I write about. Uh, but it I, lo- also... I love your love of
1: PT Anderson too. Like Yeah, I mean yeah, there's I guess... certain
2: things that I I'll always be interested in. You know, anything that has to do with Los Angeles, like I'm interested in. It's it's just Los like...
1: Angeles misses you so much. I mean oh my it's, God. So, it's so I hope quiet and...
2: I I hope soon I mean we're turning a corner, hopefully. Yeah.
1: You need to see Dorit's room at Bucca de Beppo. Uh, oh my God. Really, yes. Let's it, go to
2: Sherman Oaks.
1: It would. Yeah. It's calling for you. I don't know if you ever spent a lot the of time in the room. Valley. Yeah. The Capri room. And then we could uh, drive around Magnolia Boulevard uh, in homage to PT. But um, yes, I
2: mean, I've been to the Valley, but I, I haven't, I have to say I haven't gone deep. So this would be an opportunity. And we could do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I would love that so much. Um, we could like
2: record a podcast from the car.
1: Oh see, now I'm just gonna can I just give you money to come now? Is this it? Uh, <laughs> sure. uh your birthday is you're tomorrow. Gonna... Your birthday is tomorrow. So My happy birthday. Tomorrow. Thank and, you uh, very uh, thank much. Thank you so much for your pre-birthday eve, spending it with us. <laughs> oh, please, um, I have like zero plans. <laughs> like... Okay, let's just keep on going. Let's do yeah. that. No, um, no, really, you you have just been you really uh you uh your talent just it makes me so nervous. Uh and, oh, and please, you're one of the people what? that you're one of those people that like uh, you always asked John Mayer to follow you. And one day he did. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden out of nowhere, you posted a picture of John Mayer to the point where I was like, holy shit, is this Photoshopped or something? And then you Who were knows? actually hanging out with John Mayer. So you are my John Mayer. Thank you so much oh my God. for, for, for spending this time with me. Uh, and I don't want to like make you feel weird. Uh, but no, not
2: a- at all. This is wonderful. i um, love you
1: so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. No,
2: thank you for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll be back if you, if you want me maybe to, maybe to sum up the second season of SLC.
1: I I need, I need it before that. So let's, uh, well,
2: sure. That too. Maybe summing Um, up the first couple of episodes.
1: (laughs) Yes, of course. But uh, thank you so much. And, and we will talk to you next time.
2: Yes. Okay. Bye Ryan.
0: batches